Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Incomparable, number 664, May 2023. Welcome back to The Incomparable, everybody. I am your host, Dan Morn, and we have assembled an expert panel to discuss season three of The Mandalorian, which recently concluded on Disney Plus. And I'm pleased to be joined by a veritable rogues gallery. Kelly Gamond is here. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Dan. I look forward to hearing from this panel of experts you've assembled. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, you're in, you're one of the experts. I don't want to. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. Uh, James Thompson oh, no. is also here. Hi, James. Hi. Well, uh, the amnesty program saved my life. <laughs> uh, I have questions about your role in the empire <laughs> and don't, exactly don't, what don't. you're up to. I'm not actually allowed to go into any of that, and you don't need to know my real name. Okay, great. Uh, Human Sadri is also here. Hi, Human. Hi. Um, nobody told me that we experts. Uh, I, I feel I should hide. Uh, this is going great so far. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> if nothing else, my co-host from a complicated profession is here and surely has expertise to share with us. Tony Sindelar, how you doing? Hello, nerds. Dan, seems like you should have known better than to let me on this podcast. <laughs> Haven't we talked about the Mandalorian enough? The listeners demanded more. Uh, they're, oh, they're never satisfied, I- Tony. Ah, the, pod- away. the podcast will continue <laughs> oh. until morale improves. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we are here to discuss season three, obviously, of The Mandalorian, which picks up in a weird... First of all, <laughs> let's just start with a disclaimer <laughs> of the weird place that this season picks up, where the second season of this show ended on quite a momentous plot development as Luke Skywalker showed up and Din Djarin passed Grogu along to him to do his training. Everything was resolved. Everybody was mostly happy. Job done. And then if you were to start watching season three of The Mandalorian, you might rightfully think, what? What has happened? (laughs) Uh, And a bold choice not to even, as I recall, include any of that information in the previously on package of the first episode of this season. So if you did not watch The Book of Boba Fett, I think you probably realized at some point you needed to go back and fill in some gaps. Um, But season three... Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Awkward. Um, I was told there'd be no homework. (laughs) Well, unfortunately... There was homework, and it was <laughs> yeah seven episodes of another show. Well, at least two, <laughs> at least a couple, yeah, that are named Boba Fett that don't actually feature any Boba Fett content in them, which yeah. is where I started having bones to pick. No over books here. either. <laughs> Very few. Boba Fett not known for his literacy, I guess. Um, There's no libraries over there. Yeah, uh, Tatooine, lots of sand, not a lot of books. Um, One so cantina. Th- th- this is an interesting choice to start <laughs> off this season. I'm curious to know what you all thought of this move of like, let's just drop people in and assume that they are up to date. Was that like a like a bold storytelling move or was that just a like a fatal flaw? Where do you guys come down on this? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes. If, if it were anything but Star Wars, I think I think they probably just presumed the audience was going to watch any 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 of the star war that they decide to broadcast on disney plus so i don't think they went out on a very flimsy limb to say that but at the same time like i said i didn't know there would be homework and that's something we talk about on mcu tv once in a while is like the movies versus the tv shows and do you have to watch a bunch of other stuff in order to have any idea what's going on and i feel like if you didn't watch the book of 
Boba Fett. I hope I'm getting those air quotes pronounced correctly um, <laughs> because there's a couple of episodes that don't feature him at all. Then it was a weird move to not just sort of remind people if you were watching season two in the run up for season three, there's some stuff that happened between season two and season three that exists in the world that you should know about that we're just going to not even mention. And right. we're going to just drop you in the middle. And, you know, I didn't need an entire previously on for a f for, you know, five or ten minutes before the actual episode started. But it would have been nice to get a couple of minutes of. Yeah, I remember he went here and then they went off together and and just so you remember that now here we are because that all happened in a different show. Well, I, I feel like everything you're saying actually points to the biggest problem that I have with not just Boba Fett show but this show as well from season three uh in that it's just it's it's the disjointed nature of well we're telling a whole big story which as it turns out they've announced is is going to reach culmination in one of the new films they're planning which i guess may or may not see light see the light of day at some point um but what it means is that uh they've given themselves license to just be very disjointed and not have a cohesive whole. The Book of Boba Fett was like that. I figured, well, when we get back to the Mandalorian, it won't be like that. And I kind of think it was. Mm. And Agreed. I, and it's gonna. And it. I kind of suspect that Ahsoka is going to be the same way. Disjointed is uh, a, a theme. Uh, it's you know I think it's challenging in this this new world of Star Wars, especially as we have people who have been very successful in the animation world, who are now kind of in control of the live action world, and we stumble around in places where sometimes it's like watching because I think there's a pretty big division between people who watch you know Star Wars live action and are not interested in animation, and places where it's like oh we reward the fact that you've seen uh, various things from Clone Wars and Rebels and what whatnot by dropping things in it and then there's other places where it's like we're gonna hang you out to dry if you have not watched hundreds of hours of tv uh in yeah. preparation for this moment sorry <laughs> I, I mean i think the the sort of inconsistent start uh is just really sort of setting the tone for the mm. season in, mm. in a kind of like what what why why did that happen you know and mm. i i mean i didn't i didn't particularly mind the fact that you know, if you if you missed Book of Boba Fett, missed again in air quotes. What's um, that, Mister James? He escaped it. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you've not lost much. I mean, oh, oh, he's got the little critter back, and he's got a new spaceship, but that's about it. Um, and you know, critter has some a new old spaceship. Mail. It's a very familiar looking spaceship to people a, who suffered classic. through a few of those films. It, it's chrome. Uh, it's been chrome. I will not call it classic, and mm. I am not taking questions. Would you? Uh, is that <laughs> Kelly? You wouldn't even call it wizard. Um. Oh, oh how? Oh, All right, yeah. let's, let's um, not I'm get, here to hurt people. Let's not get. Let's not relitigate. Tony old, chose open old wounds. Tony chose violence this morning, apparently. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so we go into season three with a. Uh, it's not to say the last, you know, the first two seasons of this show didn't have overriding arcs, but I feel like the arc in season three sets out with much more deliberation. And at first, I would agree, you know, sort of with our, many people made the points about this disjointedness. And it does seem like the first couple episodes bounce around a little bit in that there are things that seem like, oh, yes, we've set up this big arc for the season. Din Djarin is going to get redeemed and this is going to be his quest throughout this season is to go to Mandalore and, you know, go to the living waters. And then by the end of the season, he'll come back and he'll be a member of the Children of the Watch again. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm informed that it's episode two and we have dealt with this. Yep. Uh, so I'm curious to know about the like, I, I think this arc of Mandalore and the culture of Mandalore and the restoration of Mandalore, which sort of overrides everything in this season, is much a much stronger through line, I think than we had in previous seasons where it was more like Din's got to do this thing and he's got to go from point A to point B, etc. Whereas this one kind of bounces around a little bit more and deals in like galactic politics and intrigue and all of these different things happening throughout the universe. Does that strike you as like a different take for this show? Is it a natural evolution or is this just feel like, oh, um, you know, Andor was really successful. I know they did not make this in response to Andor, but it does feel like capitalizing on some of the things that Andor was, was delving into more. There's still a lot of, you know, 
I'm going to go to the place to do the thing mm-hmm. to get the, the widget to take it to somewhere else. Um, there was an arc, but I mean, the first two seasons had an arc too. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I've just been playing uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And some of the quests in that do feel very much like go to here to get the thing that will unlock this thing, which will then allow you. So to, you're and, playing a video game, James. Yeah, well, I'm watching some. I, I'm watching somebody play a video game, mm. uh, except it's a television show. Um, I I think uh, some of the criticisms out here about this season, you know, people saying that there's a massive drop in quality are more concerned really about the massive drop in testosterone, uh, given that this is really the Bo-Katan show for a lot of this. Um, and I love Bo-Katan, you know, and I actually love that this season focuses a lot on her. And, you know, Mandalorian's, the Mandalorian is just, he's a bit dumb and he's following her around <laughs> and occasionally falling into things or getting trapped in things, <laughs> whatever, and making her look good. And I don't have any complaints about that at all. And I just Not want to one. say that. No, no. I want to say that up top before I do all my other complaints. <laughs> uh, that uh, I'm with you on long. that, though. Nobody, nobody hates Star Wars as much as people who love Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would happily watch the book of Bo-Katan. Mm, like, yes. I'm here to tell you. Like, that I, would be an amazing show. I'm a fan of uh, Guns for Hire, which I think was maybe one of the most co- divisive episodes uh, among fans, where, where uh, Mandalorian and Bo-Katan solve uh, a murder mystery in 30 I, minutes. I, yeah. and then, I thought that was, that was great. And then the, then, then the arc is stapled on for 10 minutes at the end um you know like we got episodes like that in season one and season two that's the thing is like we brushed up against what they were doing this season but this season started out with the guy that we've watched for two previous seasons with some bonuses appearances elsewhere who was starting to like make his own way and had had an interaction with Bo-Katan and she was like I take off my helmet all the time and like the world didn't end and you know maybe you could think about it and he's sort of like learning to make his way in the world as he's defined his world differently now that he's got a sidekick and cares about him and has these interactions with other people who have sort of become closer to him over time and he was you know it was looking like they were setting him up to like figure out how to move through the world that way. And then all of a sudden, oh, but the rules say uh, you need to go take a dip in the holy hot tub or you're not a real man anymore. And all of a sudden, that was the entire episode. He had no other motivation. He had no other drive. He was not interested in any other thing except I am on a quest for the holy hot tub. And this is what happens when you text late at night with other Star Wars nerds. You come up with things like the holy hot tub. And it was really, really aggravating to watch this character that had clearly been evolving and growing and changing over these two seasons turn into all of that's out the window because I have to be able to keep my helmet on all the time because rules like it was very sort of uninteresting to watch him try and sort that out instead of sort of wrestle with what if I didn't and didn't you know wasn't wasn't hanging out with the armorer anymore and just kind of making my own way in the world and was you know leaning a little harder into lone wolf and cub right then it might have been more uh that would have been a much more entertaining way for that to go uh we fought the baddie of the week and also jack black and lizzo showed up and you know that kind of stuff very fun very star wars i'm not complaining about it and you know having a little bit of of character advancement plot advancement um sprinkled in throughout episodes like that was is much more what i expect given what we got previously like i didn't need it to be a whole we've got this giant ambitious thing we're gonna give you for the rest of the season and then you know with the occasional small other thing in there that's more fun and kind of reminds you of why you were enjoying this show in the first place. I also liked the other, the episode of the other show that we saw in this, the, you know, the book of Dr. Pershing, which um, (laughs) I I mean, it it was interesting. You know, I wanted to see where that went. Didn't go anywhere. But Uh, it didn't go anywhere. And, uh, you know, it's like, why, why did we go off on that tangent and see all the stuff, which was quite nice, but had no connection whatsoever with the story that we were watching. Um, like, I just kept waiting for it to pay off. Like, you showed us this for a reason in the middle of this show. Th- th- this whole... So we're going to come back around to it, right? No. This whole, uh-huh, no. The whole show was just 
built entirely out of red herrings. Every single yeah. person I expect to not be evil. Not sound. <laughs> yes. red herrings. Get a, They're a, not load-bearing herrings. Of, yeah, higher grade of herring is needed. But I, wonder if, I wonder if there was, and I, I don't really want to speculate too much, but I wonder if there was a bit of a, a, a rewriting issue. I mean, mm -hmm. the fi second to last episode is called The Spies. Yep. Which <laughs> spies? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because yeah. so we many contain, people have actually... We contain multitudes. So um, many people have written in about this because we discussed it on A Complicated Profession, and of course there's a lot of speculation elsewhere on the internet. And one of the interesting and kind of... I don't know if this is a reach or not, but I find it fascinating, is talking about it may be an... Uh, sort of an, a, a reference to a, a biblical reference, which is the idea of the there are spies. The spies in the Bible are basically the people Moses dispatches to check out the Holy Land when they arrive. So the spies are the Mandalorians, 12 of whom, which is the same as the number in the Bible, are sent basically mm. down to the planet. And there were some other references, light references to sort of, there's like the episode called was The Convert, right? Like there is mm -hmm. a little bit of a like religious allegory happening here. <laughs> But in some ways, that uh, yes, felt the famous <laughs> biblical story, gun, guns for hire. Almost as good as the Minds of Mandalore, but you know. <laughs> there are other mythological uh, ideas in there, just chucked in in a very Star Wars yeah. way. I mean, uh, yeah, Bogdan exactly. living on, on Kalevala, for instance, which is uh, the sort of Finnish, Finnish yeah. uh, the, the, the Finnish mythology cycle. Um, I, but Yeah, but to, the question is kind of to what end? Mm -hmm. Because again, it's it's the disjointed nature of everything, and yeah. just to say, I really like the idea of holy hot tub because <laughs> I've been thinking it as him having to purify himself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka ever since. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think there's a couple of interesting things. One is the I I agree with everybody that I think the episode by episode, the show is not bad like i enjoyed yeah. all of the episodes yeah. oh yeah but the way it hangs together is not at all uh and that is the interesting factor and especially in light of the ending of this season which is pretty much a reset back to where we were basically at the beginning of the show except now he's got grogu with him where he's like a bounty he's got hunter paper, papers now dan yeah sorry yeah he's got he's got <laughs> a job he's got a job yeah yeah but it is interesting to feel like it, it makes it feel even more like a digression because it makes it feel like we sideswiped into this mandalorian story yeah. and then we sideswipe back out of it uh, because, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau had some business they wanted to take care of <laughs> with Mandalore being back. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it just, there was, I, th I feel like there were a few, uh, at least parts of episodes, if not entire episodes, that were very much furniture moving, and it was just, this needed to be sort of chopped up and redistributed into other episodes, and if we had mixed some of the sequence of some of this stuff a little differently and not had an entire episode that was like, yeah, remember that guy you saw for like 15 minutes in season one? He gets an entire <laughs> episode of a show called The Mandalorian when he is neither man nor DeLorean, mm. discussed. Yeah. and what do we do? You know, like, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like, it it didn't get me anywhere. It didn't have anything to do with anything we got from the rest of the, the series. So if you want to block, drop that in as the last few minutes of like the first half of the season, that would have been a much more interesting way to do it. I would have cared a little bit more about what it was because like, why are you showing this to me? Which was where I ended up at the end of the episode. Like I kept waiting for it to pay off and it never paid off. And then I waited till the end of the season and it still never paid well, off. Well, it was the cloning. And it was, right. you know, it was he was developing the cloning technology, which is really there because, as you know, for some reason we we need our our speculative fiction to slot in and fill in all the gaps in the stories always. Uh, <laughs> so we've seen we've seen that the emperor Emperor Palpatine gets cloned at some point just out of nowhere on the opening crawl of the final film. Uh, so now we go back and see how it was that the bad guys first yeah. developed the technology. I, not to get too too meta about it, but I, you know, another sort of facet we discussed on ACP was, you know, Dave Filoni. I think has taken it upon himself to feel like he needs to glue all the parts together and like fill in the mortar basically between all the bricks of Star Wars and be like, okay, you know, 
oh man, we left that whole gap between episode two and episode three. There's a lot of stuff that happens with Anakin. What if we make a huge animated series that covers all of that? And now mm-hmm. it feels very much like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that happens between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Somehow the First Order shows up, Palpatine comes back, the Resistance is separate from the New Republic. What the heck is going on? Let's make some television shows that basically explain what's going on there. And I think there's a lot of value to mine out of those areas, but some of them feel a little bit more like box checking. And I do think there's especially a bit... The cloning thing is especially weird because we have that very strange anticlimactic bit at the end of the season finale with Moff Gideon's clones <laughs> yeah. there. And like, yeah, oh no, all his back clones. backups come to uh, life. They're, they're gone yeah. now. Don't worry about it. Literally 30 seconds later. So... But- uh, <laughs> You know, in like the next season, we'll get somehow Moff Gideon has returned because that was a clone. Several times. Every episode is the Mandalorian hunting down a different Moff Gideon clone. We're going to need another Moff Gideon. Great, great for uh, Giancarlo Esposito's (laughs) deployment opportunities. But what if season four is each episode is just him with a different hat, Um, (laughs) a different mustache, different facial hair? Surprising. Yeah. 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 But it's it's just going to be like, I don't know. I found it. I found it frustrating for for that reason because like it like oh you've built this up oh it's this big reveal oh totally doesn't matter like now we've now everything's been incinerated so obviously that's never going to come back and ever be anything again like really what I want if we're going to have to get all of the mortar between all of these stories like can we pretend for a minute that I've always been told for the bulk of my life that this all happened in a galaxy far far away and not long long ago on Tatooine (laughs) like can we please pretend that there's another place where people are because like I have found that immensely frustrating about all of these is that we just keep ending up on Tatooine so seeing Mandalore this time around like actually seeing it and not just having people talk about it was kind of interesting and it was it was good to see it was sad to see the state it's in, of course, but it was nice to see Sh- it was there the place. and go somewhere different. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You probably heard by now you should be using a VPN when you connect to the internet, but adding an extra step to anything you do every day sure sounds like a hassle. But if you knew how easy it was to protect your connection with ExpressVPN, you would be doing it already. ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I recently took a trip to New Zealand. I wanted access to all my streaming shows while I was there. So at the end of a day of touring around that little couple of islands down in the South Pacific, I could settle back and watch my TV and then uh, go to sleep for another big day. So I was able to VPN one tap on my iPad and I was back in the United States as far as my iPad was concerned. Thanks to ExpressVPN, full access to my HBO Max library, full access to all my other streaming shows, including stuff not available anywhere but in the United States. One tap. ExpressVPN gets rid of all those things you hate about VPNs. It's VPN done right. First off, super fast. Lots of other VPNs slow your connection to the point where it's not even worth connecting. You don't get that beautiful high-definition video. Doesn't happen with ExpressVPN. And using it couldn't be easier. Like I said, you open the ExpressVPN app, tap or click one button. That's it. Instant protection. Works on all your devices. Once you connect to ExpressVPN, you don't really even realize that you have it on. But You do. Your connection is secure. Your data is encrypted. Everything's moving fast. And you can be anywhere you need to be in the world. No wonder it's been called the best VPN around by CNET. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Snell. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free just for knowing my last name. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Snell, S-N-E-L-L to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN.com slash Snell. Thank you to ExpressVPN for supporting The Incomparable. I think the problem is, for me anyway, I think Andor has ruined all Star Wars television <laughs> right, for I, me. I, I, I take issue with this one because I feel like this gets trotted out a bunch. And I and I feel like I understand that, but I think they're they're fundamentally different genres, honestly. That's like saying, oh man, I've seen The Wire. I can't watch castle or something right it's like i mean that did did. to be fair that was me for like four years (laughs) but like in the mid 2000s i i think i was talking to jason about this at one point and he mentioned i thought discussing like andor is like prestige drama versus the mandalorian as like straight up star wars at you know action adventure and i think those are very different 
genres and i think that's fine you can have the star wars can contain multitude so i'm sorry it's ruined it for you james I, look i'm i i accept the fact that they're different genres and they're different things but what it did do was it showed me what you could do with star wars that it didn't have to be let's all go to the same cantina and meet the same robot that we have you know was exploded in, sure. in sure. a new hope and all this all the kind of like fan servicey bits and then James, you're I a think fan. To, you're being serviced. Okay. Yes, but there are there are different ways of servicing me. <laughs> this is a family show. Moving on. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I I agree because this is. I mean, to draw a parallel, this is the same sort of conversation I think I've had with at least some combination of three of the four of you um, about Marvel movies and what a comic book movie could be. It can be a Marvel movie and be a buddy movie. It can be a Marvel movie and be a heist movie. It can be a Marvel movie and be a road movie, and but still be based in a comic booky universe. And I feel like that's one of the things that Andor did for Star Wars was kick that door open. It doesn't always have to be a space Western. Now, watching Din Djarin show up and say, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold is one of the coolest things I personally have ever watched on TV. And I have no problem with it being a Western. But being able to stretch a little bit and make it more than that and listening to what uh, John Favreau and, and Dave Floney were saying at the beginning about like we want to look at some of the other parts of the Star Wars universe and like what was happening in other in other areas in the galaxy and that's kind of where we're going to send the Mandalorian off to and having all of that be sound really cool and then just sort of end up being Tatooine a bunch of times and then uh, you know and then we go off to Boba Fett in order to find out what's actually happening with Din Djarin. And then we come back and, you know, oh, by the way, you know, there's there's homework all of a sudden and we've got all this other stuff to to worry about. Like, I feel like that was one of the really good things about Andor was that it showed that you can do more and happen to set it in a Star Wars universe than just, uh, you know, the, the, the side quest of the week and maybe some accidental character development, you know, and then move on to the next thing. I'd say the other thing, though, also that, that Andor has done is it's made The Mandalorian just the effects and the way that the show looks look kind of cheap. I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe we're used to the volume now, but Andor being mostly practical effects and mostly filmed on location it has this sweeping quality. It has a cinematic quality, whereas a lot of this, uh, this season of The Mandalorian, the effects seem kind of shonky to me. And, you know, oh, look, you, can, you could tell that they're standing on this tiny soundstage surrounded by this gigantic screen. Is this, uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 I, may, I don't know if that is The Mandalorian's fault or if it's Andor's fault for being that good. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't actually have a problem with the production design on, on the show at all. I thought it looked pretty good. And I thought, you know, like there was, uh, you know, the space battles were good space battles and the, the um, there was lots of interesting creature design and stuff. And I thought that stuff wasn't a problem. And, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have a problem with the acting or any of the other things. It's really just the, 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 the writing and the way that it kind of I, the thing lurched around. Well, I mean, the, the <laughs> thing that like... bothered me it, it, it was the fact that the main thing for me, I thought the interesting setup of the Mandalorian as a show is he's been raised in this cult, and you know, Bo Katan comes along and says, "You're in a cult." Um, and, and he <laughs> has to your parents, <laughs> and, and and he has to kind of like. I was expecting that. How does, you know, what is this going to do? That, that his realization that, you know, he's grown yeah. up in Death Watch. And, and instead, she joins the cult. And instead, she joins <laughs> the, the cult. The moral and, is and cults I, are good, actually. Yeah, James. cults are great. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, I can't. Well, she's got a guest pass to <laughs> the did. cult. Let's be fair. Yeah, she has I mean, special rules. She walks in both she worlds. She doesn't have to wear a hat, you know? It's, oh. Yeah. She walks in yeah. both worlds. So she's but just got a guest pass to the cult. Every single thing about the armor and everything she did just screamed like there was going to be a heel turn at it some sure point. It sure seemed like it, James. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. the fact, those, this those like, scenes where she's flying back up to the fleet and it's like, 
I mean, I guess we're building tension for whether the fleet's going to be okay, but it sure feels like yeah, you know, and, any, and any second the hammer is going to drop. You know, and I think literally. somebody literally says, the only person that can forge Beskar armor is the armorer. And it's like Moff Gideon strides in in his giant suit of <laughs> Beskar armor. And mm-hmm. nobody goes... Where can I, uh, yeah, can I see the receipts on that? Where'd that come from? Hey, uh, you've got pointy things on your yeah. head, just like uh, her. Yeah. Um, and and that was the thing that bothered me the most, was, was every plot I came up with in my head of, oh, there's going to be this great, you know, turn, and he's going to have to reconcile with, you know, this yeah. cult thing, and maybe that, you know, he's not one of the good guys, or he's been raised in this. I think it's possibly because I have, in my lapsed Catholic upbringing, that I view the religious aspect <laughs> as bad. Yeah. And it's like he was raised in this faith. And yeah, James, uh, I, got, yeah. I got really bad news for you about the Jedi Order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but it was, that was the thing. And, and, and every time it was like, and the armor was like, oh, just take your helmet off. It'll be fine. Nothing will go wrong. Just go over there and get those people <laughs> there, and do these things. It's there like, is, yeah, there's some weird uh, kind of tone shifts where, you know, the armor is real severe in the first two episodes where it's like you and Paz Vizsla must fight. And, you know, if you've taken your helmet off, you're condemned forever because there is no redemption anymore. And in this one, she's like, yeah, you know, she walks in both worlds. You know, we, you know, you, we could have little aliens who can't talk in the Mandalorian order now, whatever. This is the way we're, we're, we're chill now. Yeah. Um, it was very, it was very, very weird as also as a fellow recovering Catholic and as a person who grew up near an actual cult, if anyone remembers Rajneeshi's, ask your parents, um, they lived in the middle of Oregon. And so that whole cult thing, like there was a point when I turned to Mr. Kelly, when we were watching this, as she was like whiplashing around and like dictating things left and right. And I'm like. I think she drives a gold Rolls Royce. Like, I just think that's what's going to happen And it felt like there could have been uh, some writing in there of like, we've got to, we, you know, the old ways uh, aren't going to work or we've got to reconcile the old ways right. with the new ways. Uh, or even, you know, there's, there is the, the one episode where uh, we get Grogu's flashback and she's, you know, sitting talking with Grogu, which is kind of kind of weird because it's Grogu interacting mm-hmm. with someone who's uh, not the Mandalorian or Bo-Katan for, for part of an episode. But and it, it's hard. Yeah. We have all these characters that are the strong, silent type and they don't talk about their feelings at all. But it makes it makes some of these changes just very jarring. Um, I'll just mention because we were talking about the special effects. I mean, it does, you know, it's hard. Andor looks very cinematic. Uh, the Mandalorian does not. I'm okay with it. I think it still looks beautiful. I know there's other people who are like, oh, I can like see where the volume is. And it's like, I guess that part of my brain turns off. I think it's okay for an episode of the week show to not look like a movie um, and to have a small cast and to not have giant, enormous set pieces. I think it still looks probably amazing considering that it's a, a TV show and not a a movie. Um but, you know, to me, it's I, I want to lump this in with, you know, 90s or even 80s episode of the week style shows uh, in my brain. And again, it's it's the writing where it starts to feel like, you know, what what are we doing here, people? <laughs> I, I Not to like just harp on about this, but the, you know, the, the armor <laughs> could have like if the armor had taken her helmet off, mm. you know, rather than mm-hmm. say you take your helmet off. Oh, you're, you're banished yeah. from the order now. Uh, but. And- yeah. Or if we had seen the the in the in that last scene other of the uh the of children of the watch taking their helmets off and then dipping into the water or something, right? Yeah. Just yeah. something that'll let us know it, things are different as opposed to eh. <laughs> Well, to watch everyone else go on the journey that we watched Din Djarin go on, at least initially like my life has changed, things are different. I've got the kid and like I have to like I have to figure out how to navigate the world now that this is what my life is you know like i've got the kid and i can't you know i have to consider that in every decision i make from now on and all those kinds of things and then you know like i figured he was like i said he was gonna grapple with how he was how he was gonna live now that you know he had done the unspeakable thing of taking off his helmet and being able to you know continue to move through the world and like you know what does it mean to be mandalorian or whatever now that he's not like official according to the armorer and then all of a sudden she's like yeah everything's cool it's fine like we'll just give guest passes to everybody and that was really weird and i was sort of hoping that we would get the same journey from her 
you know, of having to go through it and grapple as opposed to just the whiplash that we ended up with. Yeah. And and also, this is uh, just, again, me being petty and having a list, literally a list of petty things. Um, like, I know... I am here for I that list. I know bo is still sad about the death of her sister, but somebody could have mentioned it at some point in this whole show. Right. It's like, Satine, she ruled the planet. She was your sister. Thank and, you. Uh, and she was killed by Death Watch. You know, like, well, typically, I mean, technically Darth Maul, but he was the head of Death Watch at the time. And, and you know, there was no kind of, nobody seemed to deal with the trauma. You know, there was no reconciliation in that sense of, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. your dad, you know, uh, fought against me and, and all this sort of stuff. So I know to get all that, you have to have watched lots of Clone Wars. <laughs> I think fundamentally, again, we come back to the, the the challenge of using these characters that have been established in other media that we don't want to make people feel like they have to watch to get. And even I, I agree there's some underwriting going on at parts here. And I feel like that's that's typical of this show. This show has never been one that spends a lot of time in dialogue. Like most episodes end with right. me thinking like, oh, God, I feel like we could have had more more conversation or something and it doesn't always need it but you know i think it is a challenge of this the format they've created for themselves five, five seconds of bo talking to grogu and saying you know my sister used to run this place and that's it <laughs> or, that's all we so, need i mean we had a second to find out that cara dune was from alderaan you know we got yeah. to find that out and talk about it more than one time like why can't we take a minute and have her say something about you know my sister like when we come across her in the palace right my sister used to sit here come on <laughs> But more, yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm agreeing. But more than that, you know, we have a huge segment where where they're sitting, where where Grogu is sitting with the armorer, and you get this flashback, which is super cool. It was one of one of the most exciting moments. I thought it it looked fantastic. Indeed. It was really nice to be Amart Best. Mm -hmm. Yes, actually get get some get some recognition in the show. But yes, in real life. In the story, you don't really need to know how Grogu escaped. Uh, escaped, you know, when the other Jedi uh, younglings were killed. As much mm -hmm. as actually, it would be useful to see Bo-Katan's Bo reaction and Bo how Bo-Katan Bo is feeling about her sister's death. And in the end, even if people haven't seen Rebels or or the Clone Wars, and my knowledge of Rebels and the Clone Wars is relatively spotty. I've, watched both of them, but not in the way that I, I've watched the live action shows and the films. Um, it fills in the gaps for people to understand. It fills in the gaps for people, mm -hmm. and, and, and we see what motivation is. Uh, and I, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like very often with the writing, there's an awful lot where they sort of tried to avoid and maybe they, try, they were trying to avoid the obvious thing, but it kind of ends up with things being a bit pathetic mm -hmm. in a way i mean for example at the end of season two we have this setup where uh dinjarin has the dark saber bo wants it but he can't give it to her and mm -hmm. uh, it's set up so that yeah. these two who are ostensibly friends and allies are going to have to pretty much fight to the death over this dark saber but no uh halfway through it's like oh you want this well actually you beat something that I couldn't be so. In other words, you can have it. You 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 won the battle. Gets, oh, yeah. okay, mm -hmm. thank you. You get Mandalorian. What? What? <laughs> it's, it's like, but actually, that could have been an exciting and interesting yeah. story. Beat. Yeah, I agree. It, this this show does feel at times like it takes pains to avoid anything that will upset the apple cart too much. Where they mm -hmm. kind of swerve around like difficult conversations. Like this is like a, it's like somebody doesn't want to have a difficult conversation, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like, oh, these two people are going to fight. We really, we really don't want them to fight. Uh, what if there's a way around it? It's the same sort of thing with the Moff Gideon clones. Well, uh, we got to deal with that, but we didn't. Uh, but what if we didn't? What if we could just avoid all the questions that's going to raise and instead just deal with it like in thirty seconds? And I do think this this story. Is trying. It's trying to tell this huge story, but it's also shying away from moments of what would be really interesting drama because it feels like it doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. its idea of drama seems to be, "Hey, look, the bad guys actually Moff Gideon. I bet you didn't guess that." And we're like, 
yeah, we figured that out like about six episodes ago. And I I wanted some, I I, I know all television doesn't have to have twists, but I wanted something, you know, like something unexpected. I, I mean, unexpected is giving Grogu a mech suit. And like, I will give the entire show a pass just for that. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I I actually thought the best (laughs) twist, one of my favorite twists in the season was the fact that Moff Gideon was on Mandalore. Um, I I didn't see that, that, that bit coming. It made sense at the end of it. Right. But it was like a, oh, okay. That, that's, that's unexpected. I was kind of expecting a reveal that he was actually a Mandalorian. And that's why he was absolutely mm. obsessed about getting the dark saber and having he's his best fan. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, a, yeah, he's just cosplaying. And, and to that point, you know, you mentioned we we're mentioning sort of dramatic threads that don't seem to go anywhere. The dark saber, this thing that we argue over all season, <laughs> gets summarily crushed in the last, uh, you know, five minutes of this episode or whatever. And it is a, I had a gasp moment at, at that, but then at the end, I'm like, but what's the like? If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. What was the point? What was the point of going yeah. around and getting this thing only to have it destroyed? And, uh, and of course, Bo-Katan is still, uh, is still the ruler of the Mandalorians, right. even though she doesn't have the dark so it, feels, it feels like that's the, the, basically the move there was... Let's crush it so nobody can beat her in a fight and claim it and then well, decide Dan, they're in charge. In the pre in the if you weren't paying attention to the episode, all the really big jerks among the Mandalorian uh were either killed or turned out to not or had a noble uh savior moment. So they're okay now. Everything's okay. great. No great. One, everyone's okay. cool now. Every, everything's cool, <laughs> you know. But now that we've squished it, that's like a whole bunch of what was going on in season two and in parts of season one. Not to mention rebels that is now pointless. Yeah, Yeah. like even before you get to all the animation that you've now undone with that, like oh, I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it, and you have it. Squish by. Let's pivot a little bit and talk about uh, this. Maybe shout. I want you to dig deep. Things you (laughs) liked about this season. (laughs) Anybody want to mention some stuff that they they thought was well done? I know we've picked a lot of nits, and but we have all agreed. I think that we enjoyed things about the season as well as being frustrated. I liked the cameos. Uh, Jack Black has been perfecting his own like personal weirdo brand for a really long time now. Honestly, I'm surprised we haven't seen him sooner. And I'm also surprised that we saw him as a person and not in some sort of unbelievably outlandish costume to turn him into something else that would just be completely bizarre and weird. He was really fun. Uh, I thought Lizzo was really fun. Um, I really enjoyed seeing Ahmed Best being completely competent and kick all of the behinds and do the things and be just really good at his job and doing what he needed to be doing in a star war that made me very happy and i liked i liked those pieces of the of of things like that i mean christopher lloyd was kind of fun as the baddie there and uh when we got like that episode with with all the guests in it um with the the of the week kind of of it like that was really fun i enjoyed that episode and it sort of felt like a break from all the other stuff we did get some plot development that's where we have the pivotal um uh bokatan gets the dark saber back moment so it's not like nothing happened in that episode that actually mattered uh but we were able to do that and still have fun with some guest stars and have a really entertaining time and as an episode of its own that was a really fun episode to watch it was one of the ones i really enjoyed all season I liked the bar, which seems to be the cameo bar in the, you know, you go to that bar and there's going to be somebody sitting at the back uh, <laughs> every time you go there. Um, oh, look, it's Dave Filoni playing Dave Filoni. Uh, Excuse me, Trapper Wolf, please. <laughs> yeah, Trapper Wolf who stole Dave Filoni's hat. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I liked a lot. I mean, like I say, I like everything about the show. And like, I like the writing the small bits of writing. I just didn't like the way that it didn't 
add up to anything mm-hmm. yeah. at the end I, of it. But everything else I, I really liked. And, you know, like, yeah. give Katie Sackhoff her own show, please. Yeah. I liked I liked so much about it. Uh, I liked the one-off episode where it's like, let's hang out on Coruscant and find out how we rehabilitate Imperials for better or worse. Yeah. I like, let's let's go rescue the Mandalorian child from the space dragons. Uh, I like, let's retake this planet from pirates. Uh, I like, let's solve the murder mystery with, you know, droids that have been sabotaged. Um, I, I like so many of those things. It's just, I mean, I think this is, uh, I feel like every episode of, that we did of A Complicated Progression, Dan is like, that was really fun. But where is this show going? Um, so I love, I like large, large chunks of it. It just, yeah. it didn't hang together for me. I, I like that they answered the question of why would you bring back those space parrot babies? And it's like, mm. ah, to eat them. <laughs> okay, right. That makes sense. The thing is watching the show and I, I watched it all. I didn't binge it in one go, but I watched it all in a, in a fairly uh, short space of time because we've been moving house. So I haven't, I'm a little behind on things. And I enjoyed every episode. It's kind of what Tony's saying. I enjoyed mm-hmm. every episode, but there, it didn't hang together as a whole. Uh, things that I liked, I especially liked. I think Katie Sackhoff. Absolutely, I would. I would watch the Bo-Katan show much more readily than I would watch necessarily. And I would will watch season four of The Mandalorian. But I'm more interested in Bo-Katan. I'm more interested. In her performance mm-hmm. as Bo-Katan, I love the fact that she's been able to play the role and embody the role and not just be the voice actor. And so mm-hmm. actually, you know, bring her own physicality to bear on the role. I, th- I think that's fantastic. Again, uh, as I said, Ahmad Best, it was so nice to see him. I'd like to see him more. I don't, I mean, the Coruscant thing, I, maybe, maybe I'm just an old softy, but I do not like really when you see the new republic be a bit crap <laughs> you kind of I, oh, man. I kind of love that actually i don't know I, well, that was a, I, 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 yeah it worked for me i i know that it will become all government sort of tend yeah. towards entropy but that quickly you're just gonna go oh, come on yeah it's it's i mean i guess i always think of the cognitive dissonance in my head of like you know the 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 Star Wars expanded universe books, mm-hmm. where it's like everything is great, and all of our threats are external, and the probably much more realistic uh, new interpretation, which is like ruling a galaxy is real complicated, and, and things are complicated, and what do we do with everything, and and how much of this is just sw- swapping badges on things? But our, I mean, our policies are better, right? They're they're better, but yeah, we're still a giant yeah, bureaucracy. I, I, I liked the challenge of that, and the fact that it not everything is great immediately i really uh the thing i want to call out was uh paul son and young lee who as uh carson tiva who yeah. is kind of the one of the uh, another pieces really of connective tissue here of yeah. like uh putting everything together and who i'm guessing will probably play a bigger part in the next season mm-hmm. um but sort of highlighting the difference between the people who were out there fighting in the rebellion and being like we're you know out here making a difference and we're dealing with the empire and all that and the people who are back on Coruscant and are like, we have paperwork and it needs yeah, to get yeah. done. <laughs> and that's the most important thing. And that tension to me is fun and interesting. And it helps a little bit smooth over some of, I know some of those uh, uh, sequel trilogy uh, uh, things that, that have changed so much, but I kind of enjoyed the realistic nature of it. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it struck me as, as but, interesting. But then the, you've got little, little things like you, you have, and I forget her name, obvious villain, mustache twirl woman um <laughs> that's, okay. i think that's her name oh really yeah. Kane, like, katie uh, o'brien oh that's yeah, the one uh okay so you're you you're using uh old empire technology yes but we've made it safe all right well do you mind if i stay behind while you leave the room <laughs> and then something goes wrong but that's fine nobody mm-hmm. seems to think that the strange mustache twirling yeah also yeah. like i mean in some ways She's a very good uh, saboteur where, I mean, literally it's like there's a meeting and she's just like, well, yeah, but what if that's a bad idea? And everyone's like, eh. and so it doesn't happen. And it's like, you know, the difference between a, a saboteur and just a lousy coworker is like, it is a thin line. It's um, a very thin line. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, when we're talking about voice actors, I would say Pedro Pascal. Uh, because apparently he was supposed to take his helmet off in the last episode, but was busy 
filming uh there's a lot of of stories about what's up with that but i edmonton's beautiful this time of year yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and you know i i I read an article earlier today that was talking about how great his acting was and i was thinking his voice acting yes because i i don't think he was in the suit at all he he is there there are reports that he was in the suit for some of the episodes there's some percentage of time but if you go look at imdb there are a number of people on every episode who are credited as being yeah yeah so uh, latif crowder and uh brendan wayne I think are the two primary doubles, one of whom mm-hmm. does the martial arts work, one of whom does the other sort of like shooting tricks and stuff like that. Um, and I think they do spend a lot of time in the suits. And he's always, uh, Pascal's always been upfront about that and described it as a collaboration between the three of them, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, um, basically a, a mark in his favor, like not just being like, yeah, 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 yeah I do yeah. everything myself and I'm, I'm awesome. Um, but I do think he, there is a physicality to this character and I do appreciate that all three of those uh, actors work together and it it feels seamless to me there's never a point at which i'm like oh that's clearly mm-hmm. this guy or oh that's a totally different yeah. person like they have worked together to craft how this character moves and the character's body language and it is remarkably consistent throughout mm-hmm. uh which full credit uh, yeah. to that i think it's just that that last scene where he doesn't take his helmet off sure felt yeah like yep. that would have yeah. been a nice get you for 20 minutes or, you <laughs> yeah. know what even and here's i mean what i don't we don't need to workshop these episodes but here's how i would have done it is like he would have like the hand would have gone up to like rest as if it was going to take it off and then the camera goes to forever we don't see him take it off but like just to know that the character or they could have shot it from behind or something like that right i mean it just yeah or, or just when he when he's sitting at his little shack at the end you know yeah, have take his helmet yeah, off that's there. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying that's where i, I felt like you know relax a little enjoy a, a frog <laughs> oh. and, and if grogo's looking away from him then it's fine yeah, no, yeah. Well, this this is where the call yeah, gets yeah. into trouble of all of the litigations like oh, yeah but if nobody's around right or what if somebody's looking the other direction what yeah. if they're there but they can't see what if they're blindfolded yeah. what if they're yeah. just wearing really dark sunglasses <laughs> what if they're there but they can't talk so they could never tell anyone about it you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, the whole ha- that that particular helmet thing leads to a whole bunch of questions, especially yes. since you see sure. Mandalorian kids. Yes. Um, yep. Uh, okay. So they never which... brush their teeth. Yeah. Um, I have a number of logistical questions about how there are continuing generations of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like they're really big on it's. They're big on uh, adoption. Is the answer? <laughs> and, uh, Clearly. I mean, adoption I do, slash theft. Yeah. Um, well, you know, um, I, I mean, there's even they even explain a little bit, which it's and it's it's kind of comical where. Uh, uh, Bo-Katan, they're they're sitting at the campfire, and it's like, how do we eat? And it's like everybody sneaks off into a corner and eats your food. It's like that seems normal. I, yeah, that's you know what is normal, Dan. Uh, you know, it's a, Dan. It's a beautiful culture, sure. Um, and it's like you know, I, it was like, what about straws? You could just have a little straw that goes up. Oh, but you know. It- can you take your helmet off if a droid is watching you? And yes. if you can't, does he that did. mean that droids are sentient? Well, he did take he, it. He, he did. Yes, he his helmet one. off in the first season. So that was the problem, oh, yeah. true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they don't they don't write anything this any of this stuff down either. There's nowhere to consult except the armorer, and the armorer is <laughs> just going to say something cryptic and then say this is the way, and you're like, you know, this is how you're like, you know, like actually my uh, first name is, <laughs> and it's like too late, too late. It's, yeah, it's written I, down. It does feel like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get too meta about it, but it does feel like from a production standpoint, very early in this show, they're like, well, we've got Pedro Pascal, but only mm. for a little bit of time. So, hey, I got a great idea. What if this is whole thing where they can't take their helmets off? And then it feels like three seasons in, they're like, boy, we have really drawn ourselves into this corner over here. And now we have to make it up is- reason, increasingly complex reasons why this is the case. I'm, just, I'm always kind of the thing that like p- makes my mind hurt is like, John Favreau is credited as the writer on every episode. And this is a show that feels like there's a different group of writers every season and sometimes every, every episode. And it's like, what, yeah. what are you doing over there, buddy? Uh, are you okay? <laughs> no, but you, I mean, we were talking about, we were talking about the armor sort of staying to Bo-Katan. Oh, you walk in two, in mm-hmm. two worlds. The translation of that is, well, we only got Pedro Pascal for, you know, a voiceover, but you know, we we have uh, Katie Sackhoff here for the whole show, so yeah. I, I worried that yeah. after they made her put her helmet off the first time, 
that like I was like, oh, well, now she's gone. <laughs> she's like, she's yeah. going to have to wear a helmet for the rest well, of the season. I mean, it's a good uh, conceit for a show where everybody wears a helmet and you could just, you know, uh, have uh, stunt doubles for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, that final fight. Right. Where, yeah. where all three, like Bo-Katan, Din Djarin, and Moff Gideon, were all in helmet. They're all in their helmets. It was exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. thinking forward a little bit, oh. uh, no season four has been officially announced. I believe John Favreau has said that he is writing it. I have find it hard to imagine that Lucasfilm will not shell out for another season, even if this one had some critiques of it. Uh, it seems like this is a moneymaker for them. So um, where do you think this is going or where would you hope to see this go in season four? I would like more fun episode of the weeks. Yes. I, 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 I too would like an of the week vibe. I would I like somebody who appears to be good, but then turns out to be bad. Just like James. Yes. <laughs> no, I appear to be good. bad, and I am bad. Oh. Uh, but, like, I'm kind of curious to know, like, do you think the Mandalorians will continue to play a part? Will we spend as much time with them as we have here? Or does that feel like that's we've tied a bow you know, on that? God, I hope not. I, I think <laughs> no. that Dave Filoni just cannot leave anything that he did in an animated TV series alone. Nope. Nope. So, um, I think... Until we've had like Mandalore built back up, or I think they'll mm. come back because the name of the show is The Mandalorian and uh, it's all kind of Mandalorian adjacent hijinks. Yeah. Um, well, I think now that they have a place and now that they're restoring it, right? Season four, here's your twist, James. Season four is going to be called The Mandalorians. Is this like and the Marvel? It's just going to be about rebuilding the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have, that, there's your there's your surprise. I have a horrible feeling we'll be going back to Tatooine because we've mm. still got uh, Cobb Van yeah. in that Bacta tank. Oh yeah, and, uh, he's on ice. You, you can know. pull him out whenever. <laughs> he's got to get the oil yeah. chains on his ship, so he's got to stop over the one mechanic he knows in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you find a good mechanic, you know, they're, they're really yeah, hard to find. Yeah, that so is. Nothing. I guess I, I would travel for that too. Um, <laughs> No, there's always also the possibility that uh, that the Ahsoka show will get all of the all of the animated shows out of Dave Filoni's system. I mean, I don't think happen, that's humanly but... possible. I, <laughs> I would love for that to be true, but I really don't I, expect I, I'm that looking, that's a possibility. I'm looking forward to Ahsoka more than anything because, like, Rebels never really had an ending, and it seems like mm-hmm. this is going to pay off all of that stuff. And and I really looking forward to that also you know um i really love ahsoka as a character and to see what they do with that so you know i on the one hand you know i i am saying yeah i want things to be completely unconnected to all these animated shows and i want them to have you know zero fan service and all this but for Ahsoka, I want all of those things. Um, <laughs> You're a fickle audience, James. Yeah, you are a yeah. complicated person, James Thompson. Yes. <laughs> I think I want, like, I want, I don't necessarily need to pay off anything from the animation, but I think they're going to have to, you know, they're going to get caught up in their own history a little bit, you know, like we've seen with the Marvel stuff, like where there's only a certain amount of the comic book that you can reasonably recreate or that it's possible to recreate. And, you know, somebody's origin story is going to have to go through a couple of iterations because you've like reinvented them a half dozen times. You're going to have to pick one. And I think um, with Ahsoka, that's what I'm hoping for is that it's more uh, translating the animated version of her for um, the live action venue that we're in now with with where that's going. And I'm almost as excited about one of the other characters that we know is coming in Ahsoka because I've been a fan of that big blue weirdo <laughs> since before years started with two. And I am so excited to see Thrawn as a character in a, as a live action character. Uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing uh, where they go with that. And I'm just sort of worried after this season, after book of Boba Fett and after this season, about how coherent the story is going to be when we get to the end of that unit of entertainment. I mean, I think fundamentally it's worth remembering that Star Wars is like this very broad world in which all these stories take place, like a, a backdrop, a shared setting. And I think that's, you know, 
it's intrinsic. As long as they're on Tatooine. It's intrinsic <laughs> to the nature of the story that there is a degree of interconnectedness. Um, which yeah. is not to say you can't play in different little places and have little like, you know, narrative uh, parts that are set apart. But I think it's one of the strengths. I mean, it, it in some ways invented the idea of like a big cinematic, uh, you know, masterpiece uh, setting to be played in. I mean, it set the, the tone for things like the MCU to mm-hmm. come later, which expanded upon that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're trying to capture a little of that magic. But I, it doesn't surprise me that people want to bring in all these things from different parts of the properties. So I, it doesn't, I don't think it bothers me quite as much. Although I agree the Tatooine overuse is uh, a little bit much at times. Although this season, I think they only went once, right? It was very early on, like first episode, second episode, very early. So mm-hmm. they got it out of their yeah. system and then we didn't really spend that much time there. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. I just... Yeah. Uh, you got anything else that you want to bring up specifically or things you like, didn't like, or hope to see in the future? Uh, let's let's go around the table. Tony, got anything? Uh, I am excited that there's all this new Star Wars coming and that we're going to get lots of different types of Star Wars. And, you know, even if uh, the Mandalorian is not always uh, what you need, there is uh, we got a variety of things coming. Uh, You know, the Ahsoka show, of course, is going to be very exciting. We've got more animated Star Wars coming with uh, Visions. We've got uh, more Tales of the Jedi. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, the the Acolyte show. Yeah, I am the name of it, which for, looks really good. Just the tiny yeah. little details they have dribbled out about the Acolyte are uh, tantalizing. So, yeah. Yeah. Kelly? Uh, same. I'm optimistic about what's coming, um, and I hope that uh, there are nice ways to sort of nod to the fact that this is all happening in the same universe or timeline or galaxy or whatever uh without having to continue hanging out on tatooine which as we all know if there's a bright center in the universe this is the planet it's farthest from and yet we keep hanging out there um so i want a lot less tatooine but with the other stuff that's coming i think um you know if if i'm sad about the mandalorian i can always make myself feel better by watching something else because i'll have a lot more options to choose from human i mean what i think i'm looking forward to is what i would like the show to become, which is Dinjarin and his young apprentice, basically him training Grogu and the sort of dissonance there when Grogu is not really uh, the kind of character who seems to be cut out to be a Mandalorian bounty hunter. Uh, So I think that could be very interesting in a sort of obviously lone wolf and cub and space western type of way. I would like to like move away in this show from the big picture and look at the small picture, look at the the relationship between father and son, Mm -hmm. now that they are officially father and son. I'm also really looking forward forward to the Aardman short in in (laughs) Star Wars (laughs) Visions very much. Uh, And uh, longer term, I'm glad that one of the movies they're talking about is a Rey movie, because I think that character deserves more than she got in, in Especially in the last in uh, the Rise of Skywalker, indeed. So, so yeah. that I'm very much looking forward to. I mean, in the end, yeah, I I think I gripe because I care because this is a world that I love very much, and I, I just kind of was a little disappointed in this season. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to uh, Grogu growing into that enormous uh, chest plate that he got. <laughs> um, and why why did it need to be that big? Anyway, <laughs> I, I think the you know, Book of Boba Fett was a bit shaky. This was a bit shaky. I can understand that some of that might have been like with the 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 Cara Dune space cop show falling apart and maybe they folded some of that into this show was some certainly there was speculation along those lines and i think if the next show that they do is shaky then i will start to worry but right now you know Mm -hmm. okay there's some growing pains turning what was a fairly small simple show at the start and they're 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 kind of growing it into this bigger bigger thing and also if they're thinking of like how they're going to have a big end game style movie with all of these characters um, down the line. Uh, so I, I look forward to seeing what the new stuff is. And in no way, I, I just think maybe uh, don't let John Favreau write it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And everything else, just keep the same. Well, Give someone else a chance. That's all I'm saying. Look, if any Lucasfilm employee is listening to this show, I, I love everything you do. Um, or ILM employee, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you you all have summarized this pretty well for me. I mean, growing up in the era that I did, which I knew several of us grew up in similar eras, like there was a large gap <laughs> for Star Wars yeah. stuff uh, a couple times. And it is, you know, whenever people start discussing uh, fatigue and too many of these stories, I have a little bit of like, no, give me all the stories. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I can I can take it. Dial me up to 11 yeah. on that space machine that's frying Dr. Pershing's brain. <laughs> I'm here. Um, so I, you know, I, I... You don't remember the 90s, do you, person who's complaining about this? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I read a, Dan, I read a lot you're, of books. You're st- you're still plugged into that machine. This whole I, podcast is just <laughs> happening as your brain is switching it off. It explains so much. Anyways, I am excited for there being more Star Wars. I agree with you know a lot of the comments in this episode that I, I think this season was overall shaky. Didn't really know what it was trying to do and could have benefited in hindsight from someone going back and like chopping a bunch of stuff up. But that's hard to do mm-hmm. uh, in a, uh, a TV production um, let me tell you, it's hard to do in a book, and that's something that's like entirely under your control, much less in like eight episodes <laughs> of serial production where people's got to do special effects and actors and all this stuff. Uh, but I think that on taking on an individual level, all these episodes were at least entertaining, uh, and that's that's a lot. There's a lot of TV that doesn't even get to that level. So um, interesting challenges they've carved out for themselves here, but uh, we'll look forward to what is yet to come. And I think that's it for this panel. I'd like to thank all of my guests. Uh, Kelly Gamont, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast as always. James Thompson, thank you for joining us. No squeezy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I discovered, I didn't realize that the, 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 those aliens were voiced by Shirley, Shirley Henderson, Henderson, yeah, which makes them Scottish. So <laughs> Canonically. Canonically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Humad Sadri, thank you for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was an honor. And Tony Sindelar, I appreciate you joining us. For Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, everybody out there, for listening to The Incomparable uh, and for supporting us, as always, by going to theincomparable.com slash members and signing up for more fantastic bonus content. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will see you the next time a, a Star Wars show rolls around. I am sure uh, I will put in a plug here if you're interested in more blow-by-blow descriptions. You can check out A Complicated Profession, which uh, Tony, myself, and uh, Kat Benish host, uh, which is basically comes up every time there's a Star Wars show on the air. Um, and yeah, that's if you're hungry for more details. But thank you, everybody out there, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>